Why I run. Why do you run? To enjoy myself, to celebrate myself. I run to clear my mind. Enjoy myself sounds really weird, doesn't it, Twinessa? <laughs> it's season two of the Why I Run podcast from Red Bull. With me, Ayo Akin Waleri. And me, Aaron Azar. In this series, we're chatting to all sorts of people, from celebrities to athletes alike. And finding out why they run. Search Why I Run and subscribe now so you don't miss out. Hi, and thank you for joining me here on the I Am podcast, where we are all about peace, performance, and potential. This week's guest on the main episode is James Nestor. He's a journalist and an author who's been busy following his passion and curiosity into some pretty inspiring spaces and spreading some pretty big messages too. His most recent book, Breathe, looks deeply into this most fundamental enlightening skill that we all possess. He's been creating a storm selling big all around the world and with good reason too. Now James recognizes he's not a scientist. He doesn't claim to be a specialist teacher of breathing, anything like that. But for me, his personal quest and his subsequent discoveries, they hold, I think, the power to guide us towards major transformation. That is, if we're ready to do our part too, which means questioning ourselves and remaining open to everything around us. So I really hope you enjoy the conversation with James Nestor that's also out this week, because I know I certainly did. In fact, a lot of what is about to follow in this personal episode of mine has been inspired by that exchange. So please stick around until the end of this one if you can, so you can let me know how this little stream of ideas lands with you and what you feel about it all. I simply, I want to lay the foundations of a case for why we might benefit from giving far greater respect and attention to our breath and breathing process, something I think we take far, far too much for granted. Because we can live for a few weeks without food, a good few days without water, but without oxygen, we don't have much more than a matter of minutes before things get really unpleasant. I was going to quote the world record here for holding one's breath voluntarily underwater to prove that point, but I see it's actually 24 and a half minutes, which is kind of ridiculous that's blown me away as much as that's impressive and even for the greatest of breath holders 25 minutes in the grand scheme of things it shows you that breathing is a big kind of deal in fact James Nestor tells us in the podcast episode that it's from breathing that we get the mainstay of our energy it's incredible I think that because our breathing can take place largely so involuntarily without us doing anything We don't seem to hear about it anywhere near as much as we do hear about diet and exercise, things where we need to get out there and make decisions and choices and commit to certain uh, lifestyle directions. So no one really teaches us how to breathe. We just know, or at least we think we do. But being able to collaborate with our breathing, to really take part in it and become sensitive to it, to engage with it, even take control of it, this all represents a simple but very privileged opportunity for us to connect with something far, far bigger, deeper and more of the subconscious dimensions of life and the intelligence within us. And it's in this way that breathing can become a phenomenally large player in performance. Performance for me is a word that seems to be reserved only for The big stuff like competing in sports arenas or taking part in business presentations or pitches 
or maybe stage shows or musical recitals and big concerts, all these kind of things. But the way I see it, a performance is just anything undertaken in the name of bringing about an outcome. I mean, performance is simply any kind of doing. When you look at it this way, our whole lives are performances. They're roles we play. Every moment in itself is a performance. So what's not a performance? The only thing that's not a performance is the biggest thing there is. Is what or who we really are. Our being. All the rest is doing. But our true self, that's the constant, the ever-present and the infinite. This is why we talk about on this podcast so much that it's in who we really are that our potential lies. It's not in what we do. Our activity is limited. It's finite. It belongs to those laws of time and space. It's on the physical realm. And as such, we can't arrive at our true being as a result of our doing. We can't get to the infinite through the finite. We don't earn our potential, we reveal it. And whereas our doing doesn't touch our being, our being, however, is hugely influential in our performance. The more worthy and at ease we feel with ourselves, then the more we tend to express our joy in our activity, in our spontaneity, in our creativity. So different to those moments when we go looking for our joy and happiness in outcomes and in situations. The sense, another thing we talk about a lot on the podcast, of being in the zone, strangely enough not referred to as doing the zone, but being in the zone, even though it's often activity, is associated with this sense of liberation, invincibility, this feeling that anything is possible. And it's there that we have the inspiration, the intuition, the knowing and the effortless genius as well. All of this seems to be the voice of that true being coming through us. Now, breathing, that's something that we do, but it's also a life process, as we said earlier, that takes place automatically within us. It's something that just is. So it's kind of a doing and a being. And as such, it provides a kind of pathway for us to heal our way back towards who we are. And also, if you like, I guess, a movement the other way and helping us channel more of that being into our activity. Breathing and awareness of our breathing is a big, big thing. In rugby, the sport I played, well, you can break the game down or the performance into so many different facets. Attack, defense, line out, scrums, back moves, goal kicking, and go on forever here. But all of these things we can also break down into even smaller components. We're moving all the time as we do this towards what we call the basic skills, whether it's running, tackling, passing, just simply looking or communicating. And a worthy saying in in sport and in performance, especially my sport, is that to focus upon the basics is the secret. You can never do enough of the basics. Keep it simple. Don't get bored with the basics. It's generally accepted that the team that performs the basics the best tends to come out on top in the end. But these basics, whatever they are, they can always be further boiled down into more and more simple things as we move towards the core. Things like posture, mindset, confidence, focus. 
And like running before we can walk, whenever we skip the basics, whenever we don't take time or find it within us to assume full conscious responsibility for the basics, well then anything further down the chain that we attempt to do or achieve or or more intricate skills that we take on, well as we move further and further away from the basics, everything becomes more and more compromised and limited. Now the ultimate basic for me in life, as I've said before, is who and how we are on the inside. It's our worth and our oneness with everything. Now, without connecting to this source and consciously grounding ourselves here, then everything we do further down the chain or on top of this, it's going to feel like trying and suffering and effort. The further you move down that chain, the more disconnected everything becomes, the more uprooted, the more reactive, isolated, unpredictable, the more snappier, the more hurried and stressed and out of control we get. Without any conscious foundation in place, it all feels like survival. Whatever we build, it's all at some point going to break down and come crashing down. The point of all this being that whilst we're imagining or perceiving life or speaking or sleeping, eating, crying, shouting, fighting, hugging, whatever it is, Whilst we are just living life, we're always breathing. For me, therefore, breathing is a phenomenal basic and it's a great access point for us. It's also tangible enough for us to get started there. By remaining more conscious of our breathing and by engaging more with it throughout each day, I think we can find our centre and then whatever activity we perform It'll enjoy enhanced levels of balance and presence and involvement. We may also be taken aback by sporadic sort of inspirations of insight and intelligence from deeper realms. We also can become more responsible for what we're actually doing, of course, and how we're doing it, but also more surprised and fascinated by ourselves and everything around us too. Our efficiency improves as we become more accountable in our decision-making. Not only this, but I think creativity and spontaneity can flourish. We can become more energized, compassionate, all at the same time. I don't think any of this, or in fact this whole thing is a beautiful definition, I think, for the complete performer who seems to have that sense of incredible control but also harnesses a spark of absolute inexplicable vision and genius so every inward practice whatever the tradition it always reveres the breath and the sensations of it when we do take a second or two to become more sensitive to our breathing or to observe others when they breathe i think we can quite quickly tell the difference between someone that's disconnected from their worth and in survival mode and someone who's anchored more in that create state that sense of deserving and belonging. You can see it in the speed of the breath, whether people are holding their breath, whether it's a chest heaving, all of these are telltale signals. As we do find that our in those situations when we feel our worth is threatened by outcomes, we do start to do anything we can just to get through. We lose that composed involvement with the simple one moment at a time 
way of living, the one thing at a time, the one breath at a time approach. So without the basics in place, without the breathing in place, we do just tend to react away all our possibility. And consciously shifting from this more erratic mouth breathing into a more rhythmic nasal breathing is a very powerful opportunity that James Nestor talks about a lot. We might see this kind of transformative experience taking place quite often when people find themselves facing some kind of great height or unbearable cold or some huge spider or snake or whatever it be. In these challenging situations, we can be triggered into intense fear-based survival mode. And by using our breathing to return to relaxation in the presence of the fear and then to even continue devoting ourselves to this process throughout the bungee jump or whilst lying in the freezing bath, we actually consciously reclaim some responsibility for part of our internal environment that was previously blocked off. We reconnect with our potential and a bit more of our true identity perhaps only for a brief moment, but the reports we get are that it feels euphoric. It's life-changing. People are absolutely buzzing after these experiences. It's so liberating. Facing our fears this way and getting through them counts for something for sure. But if we can take the opportunity to really breathe into them, to relax into our fears, to embrace them, and in some crazy way to even enjoy them and enjoy that process... I think transcendence is is kind of on the cards. It does take huge awareness and amazing courage, though. Our breath, as I see it, it holds a record of our personal and unique evolutionary history. Our breath, therefore, has been kind of shaped and in some ways hijacked by all our conditioned understandings, by our old traumas and impressions we've made. And beyond these boundaries, our breath also, I think, holds the key to our potential, to our possibility and to so much unknown. And there are many breathing practices and techniques that serve to access and release all these kinds of stored emotions and energies. And in doing so, they can affect the body in all kinds of ways and the life experience. As I mentioned before, there's no end to the basics. There's no limit to breathing. There's no limit to health and well-being. There's definitely no finish line when it comes to our being and who we really are. But how much do we talk about breathing as part of performance? How much do we focus upon breathing or devote ourselves to it? Do we employ specialists in breathing? Is it part of our education from a young age? Our continuing education? Is it a daily practice? How much are we even aware of our breathing at any point during the day? And when we do talk about it, how much do we buy into it and stick with it? How long is it before we get distracted by those things further down the chain? In his book, Breath, James Nestor uses the tagline underneath it, the new science of a lost art. Now He looks after the new science part in everything he talks about, which is incredible. But the lost art part, I think it's a brilliant way to sum it up. As I see it, breathing is often portrayed as a coping mechanism because we prescribe it as a temporary medicine for when things get out of control. What we don't do is 
propose it as a constant and proactive part of our daily diet for moving from unconscious to more and more aware. Because it's no longer a coping mechanism if we stay with it even when all seems to be well again. Now it becomes a boundless growth mechanism. We've had many guests on the podcast creatively and powerfully touting the joy that is to be found in just the simplest acts in life, whether it be drinking, eating, interacting with others and nature, but breathing surely has to be on this list, maybe even right at the top of it. It's a beautiful opportunity to connect directly with life itself and perhaps with who we really are. This conversation that I've had with James Nestor was absolutely fascinating. I love having my eyes open to new opportunities like this. It's so inspiring and energizing. He goes on to talk about so much more in the podcast, longevity, how it's related to the size of the lungs and how we ourselves can actually train and help our lungs to grow and to embrace more and more of life. There's so much about the way we've evolved. It's fascinating. I hope you get to enjoy it. I hope also you continue to follow the podcast and keep your responses and feedback coming in because it just makes it such an incredible journey. Anyway, until the next one, I want to wish you really, really well and uh, have an amazing week. My name is Johnny Wilkinson. This is the I Am Podcast with James Nestor.